Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we welcome you into our Warriors Weekly Podcast here, 495.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Gary St. Jean. Wow, St. The last time we spoke, uh, I, I would not have possibly imagined that the Warriors would have made as many moves as they have uh, gone on to make here. If you go back to Willie Cauley-Stein getting dealt, we're talking about six players that were on the Warriors roster that are no longer. The headliner, though, D'Angelo Russell, he goes to Minnesota, and the Warriors take back a player in in Andrew Wiggins, who uh, I've always kind of wondered about, but there must have been enough enough folks in the Warriors organization that... uh, that believe he's still a, a salvageable NBA project uh, at, at 24 years old, going to be 25 in a couple of weeks? Well, it's an exciting time because what you're seeing is the rebuilding of the roster. And uh, uh, kudos to Bob Myers and his staff. They not only bring in a young, exciting player, but they, uh, they replenish their draft. Uh, they really did a great job uh, moving these veterans for second-round picks. So that bodes well for the future. And, you know, John, one of the reasons uh, in, in the Durant deal, you say, well, why would you take Russell back? He's an asset. He's an NBA player who has, been, who has scored very well. And then you're able to move that asset and get this uh, Wiggins deal done. And, John, I'm going to tell you what, this young guy fits perfect uh, with our roster and uh, I'm excited about him. I think he's a, a knifer, slasher, put it on the floor, finish guy. We don't have many of those guys. So he's a different look, and he's very athletic. And I think playing in this culture, this system, with these veteran guys, with uh, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, he is immediately going to improve. If, and, of course, with, there's a terrific coaching staff to work with him as well. Yeah, and one of the things that you know Bob Myers and, and Steve Kerr both said when they met with the media earlier today to discuss the, the trade and, and bringing in Wiggins, it was just how difficult it looked like it was going to be for the Warriors to come up with some kind of a small forward. You know, they lose Durant, they lose Iguodala, they're, they're talking about how they're looking around the league and, and you know, there just aren't small forwards to be had and, and the, the ways that you'd go about getting them would be so far down the road in, in free agency or the draft that you almost felt like you had to take a chance when you had a guy you know that, that Minnesota was interested in moving when there was a, a fit as far as the, the two headliners of this deal with Russell and Wiggins. Uh, it, it's interesting, though, the timing of it. It sure sounded like the Warriors were going to be uh, reluctant to do anything right at the deadline, but they wound up moving pretty swiftly when, when everything was said and done. Well, John, look at Minnesota, and they have lost 13 games in a row. Town's starting to complain. Their defense hasn't been very good. Uh, they needed to do something. So you've got a, a partner to do a deal with that was in a desperate mode. Well, then you got to jump on it. And uh, I thought the Warriors did a great job. And 
John, I'm going to say this to you. Uh, you're right about threes. And this guy, um, you know, we were talking earlier today, rate the threes in, in the league. And we talked about the look of our team about four or five years ago when we had Harrison Barnes. Love Harrison Barnes. Did a great job for us here. But if I'm rating the threes in the league right now, Towns is way ahead of Harrison. And uh, I, I think he's going to fit in really, really well. Uh, when he's been up there, he's been a little bit, um, well, they, they expected a little bit more being the number one pick. He didn't quite fit uh, the coaching style that, uh, that was going on up there. But I, I saw a lot of improvement this year. And I feel there's a big, big upside with this guy. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's got all the skills. It's just going to be bringing it out of him. And I think the, the players, the veteran players and the coaches are going to really help that way. How, how important will it be for Wiggins to move from, let's say, being a 1 or a 1A on a team with Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. all the way down to maybe being a, being a 3A or even a, even a 3B in terms of being a creator? Now, yes, he'll be more of a scorer than Draymond Green, but as far as you know, facilitating the offense and the like, you, you could make a case that maybe Draymond's going to do more facilitating uh, and, and keeping everybody involved than even Wiggins would. So you could put him almost into the 3A three, three or 3B kind of a category in terms of, of options. But he's also a guy that can get you a bucket when you need a bucket in, in isolation too. But how much is that transition you think going to help Wiggins going from being a main guy to being now more of an ancillary piece with some better players around him? Well, I, I think that's a great point, John, and, and here's the deal. When you play with great players, the game becomes easier for you because so much emphasis will be placed upon uh, Clay and Steph, and then you have Draymond as a facilitator. He's never played with anybody like that, and this guy can really get out on the wing. As you noted, if need be, he can get his own shot, and you never have too many of those guys. He has the ability to be a good defender. Uh, I understand he's a really good young guy, and so uh, this is this is terrific. What you've got is one through four filled, and your three veteran guys are going along with him. Uh, you know, you've got Looney and, and Chris at the five, and you got Pascal. And uh, what I like is, uh, you know, your your three big vets are your oldest guys on the team. And John, we've got some vehicles to get more good players. We've got the draft with a high pick. We've got the Iguodala trade exception for $17 million, and we're going to have the mid-level exception. So that's at least three, and you're going to get some veteran minimum guys. So uh, I, I just think the, uh, the whole organization has done a terrific job. Well, and now you look at it as, hey, you've got four starters that are penciled in for sure. You'll figure out the center spot. That's your fifth. You've got a couple of different ways that you alluded to that you can get better, maybe six, seven, and eight. And then you've got a guy like Pascal. If you just start counting, the, you know, out the numbers, all of a sudden the Warriors very quickly could be a pretty deep team uh, and a pretty talented team, top to bottom, one to one to ten. It's not going to take that many moves. And I know you still got to make the moves, Saint, and you still got to go get the right the right players that are the right fit. But uh, I think you could make a case that the, that the Warriors now have more. Uh, you know, there's more of a means to improve quicker than maybe they had 48 hours ago oh there's no doubt about that now we need some good fortune in the draft and uh, if you don't like the draft uh, you, you can move that uh, pick it, it's a really uh, nice commodity 
you need to really look at that. Uh, the guys who are going to be available in July there that you can fill in with Andre's slot. Uh, again, that was the beauty of that deal that you got the trade exception out of that. And uh, there'll be mid-level guys like Robinson and Burke that want to come and play here because of the culture, because of Steph Curry and uh, the great coaching staff and being in the Bay Area, the tradition. Uh, so I, I think that the chances are, are really strong that they're going to fill uh, the rest of the roster out in great fashion. And, uh, you know, it, it's nice because you don't have to go out and get another star. You just need role players that are teammates and guys that are winners and, and uh, that know how to play the game the right way. John Dickinson, Gary St. Jean, Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game, NBA Trade Deadline Edition as D'Angelo Russell is on the move uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Warriors acquiring uh, a first-round pick that's 1-3 to three protected in the 2021 draft, so not this upcoming draft, although the Warriors still have their own pick in that draft. And then if it doesn't convey, uh, if it is in the top three and Minnesota keeps it, the Warriors would get a, an unprotected pick uh, the following year. So the Warriors would, would be set up here the next couple of years to potentially have uh, some some picks and a, and a means to, to get better and, and, and maybe get a little bit younger. Uh, so we're breaking down the trade, and, and the Warriors made some other moves too, Saint, which we'll get into. Uh, the one thing where I, I may need your help more than anything in, in this all of this is understanding why Andrew Wiggins has been such a poor defender throughout the course of his career. Uh, I look at the body type, I look at the athleticism, I look at the length, and I think Andrew Wiggins should be, at the very worst, an average to above average defender, if not a great defender. I need you to help me. Why has it been so bad, and how much of a jump can be made on, on that end of the ball because I think as much as anything, the Warriors making him passable on defense is a, a key part to them ultimately winning this trade. Maybe he came out too early. Uh, that, that's a terrific athlete. But maybe he wasn't mentally ready for, for this challenge. And as you said, he was 1 or 1A one up there. Uh, he's not going to be in that role here. And uh, he's going to, you know, I'm, I'm watching, say, Draymond Mentor Pascal out there. And, and the guys will be able to really help him. The key here is if he brings effort and he has uh, big eyes and big ears, if he, will, he watches and understands things and uh, listens to these guys, he, he can, the reason he'll grow immense quick, in my mind, is because of his physical skills. Uh, frankly, it just wasn't going well up there. And when it's kind of sliding, what happens in today's NBA, if things aren't going well, what's, what goes by the wayside? Defense. And uh, so I'm going to give him a, a, a pass for up there. I, I'm going to judge on how he plays down here. And, uh, or here. and I, I have a lot of confidence that he'll do a good job. I mean, doesn't he have the – I mean, he has the tools – Oh, like, yes. and and I mean he should be a good he should be a pretty good team defender. I mean I see him as a guy that should be able to get in the passing lane, and I also see him as somebody that should be able to to man up on somebody defensively and, and go one on one and hold his own a little bit. I I agree with that, and uh, you know he has all the skills. He has length, he has quickness, and 
the best the best thing about him is that uh, you you can't teach that quickness and length, and that that'll really bode well for him in this system. John Dickinson, Gary St. Jean, uh, it's our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game, uh, talking everything about the uh, NBA trade deadline. Uh, the Warriors uh, are in a spot now where they get a positional fit uh, in Andrew Wiggins as he's going to come over and he's going to play the, the three spot. We're talking about him uh, defensively and, and how much improvement there is for, for him on that end. Offensively, uh, you know, I, I've read a lot and tried to, to really do research on, you know, his ability to, you know, be a be a cutter. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he's been a pretty good cutter throughout his career, although he winds up being in isolation seemingly a lot uh, at the top of the key with Minnesota. Uh, another instance where the circumstances may have dictated, uh, you know, the outcome and the production level but uh, how do you see him as fitting into the, the Warriors' offense that they like to run and, and having that maybe take a little bit of the pressure off of them? John, I haven't seen many guys who really don't enjoy playing in Steve Kerr's system. You know, people movement, ball movement. Uh, it's, it's a really enjoyable way to play. Guys, uh, as Steve would say, they play with joy because uh, they move the ball uh, very unselfish. And that becomes infectious. I have no doubt that he'll flourish. I think uh, he's got a mid-range game. Uh, He can slice to the basket off the bounce. I think he'll learn how to move better without the ball. And I've seen Mike, he's made threes. So uh, everything is there. And uh, we're just going to have to be patient with him learning the system. That'll take some time. But uh, you've got a team that's not going into the playoffs so they can uh, now spend a lot of time with him and help him out. He's got some mentors out there. You know, that guy named Steph Curry might be coming back in the middle of March, and, you know, he'd get to play uh, maybe 15 games with him, too, so that's not bad. Yeah, and the timeline is something that, that, that's been discussed. You know, why why do you make a move now as opposed to waiting when it sure seemed like the Warriors were going to wait uh, until the off season and, and, and until maybe around the draft time and, and, and see what else w- was out there? Uh, is part of the reason you don't wait, you know, hey, let's get Wiggins in here and use the next two months that, that the Warriors are going to have with him to try and, you know, help get him indoctrinated in what the Warriors like to do? And how beneficial yeah, can that, that be? John, that, that's huge. And here's the deal. He's young, and he's under contract, I believe, for three more years, which is a big positive. As you started with, you needed a three, and uh, and now he's going to get a good feel for the system. I, I think it's the right move, absolutely. Uh, you know, just because he hasn't had a great run up there, uh, you know, I've chatted with a number of guys, and they still think, and I, the word potential, sometimes you don't like to put it on somebody, but he, he's got a big upside, and he's still young enough to grow, and we've seen players change teams and change systems and really flourish. Part of the the deadline is is obviously who's coming, and and part of it is who's going. Uh, I, I want to take a moment to to just kind of speak to the players that are leaving, and boy, there's a lot of them. Uh, let's, you know, Steve Kerr mentioned it today, and he was pretty blunt about it. Uh, as far as it it, you know, went with Russell, you know, it 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 didn't fit, and and you could tell early that it positionally wasn't going to fit. Now it didn't mean that. 
you know, it couldn't have worked out maybe a little bit better with, with more time or, or with the actual players that they envisioned Russell playing with being on the court. There, there wasn't much of that either, uh, which may not have been totally fair to Russell. But what did you make of, of Russell's uh, tenure with the Warriors, Saint? Well, again, I, I looked at it from the standpoint in the Durant deal. That's an asset you've got back that can, you can move on. And, you know, how did he play? Well, he was about what we thought defensively. He's subpar. Uh, was he banged up a lot? Yes. When uh, he played, did he have some really good moments? Yes. Uh, kind of a streaky kind of player. Is he ball dominant? Yes. Uh, was he a good guy and good teammate? I think so. Uh, but here's the deal. I don't know that you want max players with duplicate position. So if you have Steph at him, uh, you don't want that. You want you want your guys that's spread out. So, you know, your top four guys on the payroll are going to be your those four main guys that we've talked about. So I think it was just a darn good move uh, to go in a different direction. Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks, uh, those were two players, especially Burks, that I think everybody would have thought, all right, they're going to be on the move. Uh, but but you could tell, and I know, Saint, you've been in the position where, you know, you've got to tell people they've been traded and, and hey, this is what we're doing, and it, and it, or, you, or you've had to cut players when you were a coach, and, and that can be, I'm sure, a, a, a difficult thing. You could tell, though, that the, the Warriors, both Steve Kerr and, and, and Bob Myers, uh, as far as letting go of those two players, uh, specifically Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks, that was uh, real difficult, more difficult than uh, I-, I think meets the eye to uh, a-, a lot of folks and especially fans. Uh, how difficult is that to, to tell a guy that you really like uh, that-, that he's been traded? Uh, and, uh, you know, could you tell just what a toll that it took on the Warriors the, the last 48 hours or so? to have to lose those guys for, for circumstances that uh, really were beyond their play and, and whether they wanted to have them around or not. Yeah, that, that's the tough part of the business, whether uh, it's players having relationships with other players, uh, coaching staff, front office. Uh, those were quality guys, guys that wanted to come play here. You know, what well, they wanted to play with Steph. And they came in and, they won. they were good guys. They were veteran guys. And they really capitalized on the opportunity, both playing very, very well and uh, playing probably better than they ever had. You know, when sometimes you give guys minutes, uh, their weaknesses really get uh, uh, really in the forefront. But in this case, these two guys uh, showed a lot that they hadn't seen in the past. Now, Robinson is younger at 25, and we know uh, he can make the three ball. He's a pretty darn good defender. can play above the rim, and uh, and Burks uh, a little bit older at 28. Uh, he's he's just uh, shown people that he's got a game. He can come off the bench and get really going. Uh, 30 at, at this past week in a game, and uh, so you're saying to yourself, uh, you know, that you really like these guys, and let's see what happens in the offseason. I think the relationship was was so good. That uh, who knows? Uh, will they get extensions in, with the 76ers? And will they be out there in the market again? And you may have a, a thought process to bring them back again. I think that's how well they were respected on and off the floor. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Glenn Robinson, the third back in a Warriors uniform. It, it seemed like he really liked uh, his time here. And, you know, 
Bob Myers spoke to the the point that you know just how you know how few threes there are out there, you know, small forwards. And, you know, I think the Warriors would, would feel pretty darn good about their position if there were a way to get Glenn Robinson, the third back in the fold, with Wiggins. You know, all of a sudden you got a little bit of a, a, you know, a one-two punch and a couple of guys that have the, the physical body type to play that position compared to, to where they were at the at the beginning of the season. I mean, they've gone from Durant and Iguodala to not really having a three-man, to to having Robinson and him being the only one, to now having Wiggins and having him basically be the only one. Uh, if if I told you you could have Wiggins and Glenn Robinson the third as your you know starting small forward, let's say, and your backup small forward, that's a that's a nice start for the the 2020-2021 Warriors, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, and we've got to remember. Uh, don't close the door on Pascal playing some at three as well. Uh, he's going to be able to play the four. Sometimes when you go to the small lineup and Draymond moves to five, you'll be in there. Uh, so he's going to earn uh, a good solid amount of minutes. And there's going to be nights, depending upon the threes, that he can play over there. And uh, so those are, those are good situations when you've got flexibility because you always like multi-position players. That, that really is a big positive for coaches. Yeah, and you look at uh, some of the other ramifications of, of all the trades. Kai Bowman is back, uh, signed to a, a contract for the remainder of the year. Marquise Chris gets signed uh, for the remainder of the year. And the Warriors uh, also adding a couple of other players uh, to the mix as well as they had some roster spots they have to fill. Uh, how big of an opportunity, though, is this for Kai Bowman uh, to, to basically be the starting point guard on this Warriors team for the next few weeks until, ste- until Stephen Curry comes back? Yeah, that, that's huge. And, uh, you know, he started out terrific, uh, maybe uh, was a little bit below average for a while, but by and large, here's the key. You love the body, the toughness. Uh, the aggressiveness on defense. He had the ability to get out on the break and finish, and he hit some big shots, hit a couple threes. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. If he is your backup or your third point guard, I think you're in very, very good shape, and he's going to have a terrific opportunity here. And You know, some nights, again, we'll see more point-forward stuff with Draymond depending upon the matchups. And, and maybe more Smilagich now, right? I mean, I think Amari Spellman was one of the guys. He was one of the guys I'm sure the Warriors didn't want to give up, but once you start, you know, getting into the, the complexity yeah. of, of making a deal, uh, you know, the money's got to match a certain level. And, and, you know, yeah, Minnesota's maybe saying, hey, we're going to give you that pick, but you're going to have to throw somebody else in that we want to take a, take a look at. And Spellman winds up almost being caught in the numbers game. I think the Warriors would have liked to have kept him. Uh, but he goes, and about Smilagich there, too, I wanted to get your take on, well, you know, how much can God. you really, can you add, can, how, I, I want to see him play more than he had. Let, enough of the 30 minutes in the G League is better than, you know, 10 or 12 minutes in the NBA. I'd rather see him get the 10 or 12 minutes in the NBA, Saint. Oh, I, John, you're right, and, you know, you've got to have a, a guy on your roster with a nickname of Smiley. I mean, what the heck is better than that? And uh, I like this young guy. Uh, for example, I was talking to our old trainer, Tommy Aftenauer, and he was telling me that his son had worked down there in Santa Cruz and what a great kid he is, and he loves to work. And he 
got a lot of confidence. He's, uh, he picks things up well. Uh, listen, it, it's not who he is today. It's who he's going to be in two, three years. He's got a long way to go, and he's so young. And uh, So I think this is terrific, just being around the, the big club every day. So that, that's a big positive. So when you look at this, you know, Chris and the Bowman have been rewarded, and now he gets brought up. Uh, you know, you, you change yourself from a couple of years of being an older team with Zaza and, and Sean and Andre, and now all of a sudden uh, you're a pretty darn young team. The only older guys you got are our, our top three guys. So I think it's it's a great job by the organization. Well, who else got better uh, at the deadline in, in your mind? I know there were just a, a flurry of moves I wanted to ask you about Iguodala. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a stunner to me. Not that he went somewhere, but that they gave him another another year on the deal right out of the shoot, and then a, you know a team option that, that he probably isn't going to see. But uh, but wow, I mean that that was pretty surprising to see that the Heat not only want Iguodala but but willing to pay him for next year right now. Well, uh, that's that's a great opportunity for him. He couldn't ask for a better situation than. That. You know, to get that extension as well, that's fabulous. And you never know. Uh, you know, everyone's trying to stay open in 21 because that's when uh, Giannis and some other quality players are going to be available. But uh, at the end of the day, for him, he gets an extension of one year, and he may have two. Uh, and he's going to a place that uh, plays his style of basketball. I, I just think it's, uh, it's great for him, and it's great for the Miami Heat. And ironically, uh, we'll see him Monday. Yeah, how about that? Uh, see him Monday and maybe see Andrew Wiggins in his debut uh, on Monday. Uh, is there any other moves that, that stands out as far as, hey, I you know I, I like what this team or that team did? I kind of like what Memphis did, believe it or not. I know they've, they've, they had a nice little deadline for a team that's not really you know, expected to be in it but is having a decent uh, you know first 50 games. Oh, I think they're the surprise of the NBA. They've done a terrific job. And uh, they've got their nucleus set for the future. Uh, I'm really impressed with the front office, the coaching staff, and Morant and Jackson. Uh, they, they're they're really doing a beautiful job there. You've got the debate about the two LA teams. You know, Morris coming over. Uh, you know, with that said, John. Uh, you know, you got Collison sitting there at the Laker game last night, and I won't be surprised if he signs with them and. So that would be perfect for the Lakers because they need help when LeBron goes off the court. Uh, the rest of the, the West, uh, you know, not nothing uh, dramatic. Uh, you know, at, at back East, we talked about Miami. Burke's bringing in those two shooters. And, you know, not a lot from Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee. So uh, it, it's, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of parity. And, uh, you know, we've got about eight, ten weeks left, and it's going to be exciting. How, how incredible is what the Rockets? Uh, I, I had to get your take of the Rockets. You know, they trade Capella, they bring in Covington. They say we're just going to play smaller and smaller. They're going to have Tucker at, at the five, and and they're just going to play small. And then they go in and they beat the Lakers, and the Lakers have all the all the long, you know, big guys six nine and above, and Anthony Davis there uh, at, at the top. And the, the Rockets just keep – I always think of you and I think of you talking about Nelly and the bigs versus the smalls, and the smalls are always going to win. Uh, but it, it's, it's so funny to see how they're trying to go about doing it. But, but it, it, does, it does energize them. They, they play well playing small. Well, they played terrific last night. Uh, 
Westbrook was unbelievable. Uh, he played a great, great game. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, they knocked down trees. Covington's probably feeling like he went to heaven. Uh, he played terrific. And, uh, you know, but, John, I'll say this, uh, back to that old theory, small beats big, but I don't know that they can do it in a playoff series, and I don't know if they can do it uh, holding up the rest of the way. I, I like it. They, they had to have a feeling about Capella that they wanted to go in different direction. Uh, it's a unique style uh, that they're going to play. There's going to be mismatches all over the place. And nobody's throwing the ball into the post when you've got a size advantage. So they're banking on their quickness. And the key for playing small is you have to be able to rebound. And if they rebound the basketball, they can get out the floor and then have some significant advantages. So it's going to be fun to watch them. Yeah, it it really is, and I, I just you know I I was you know listening and watching a little bit of Mike D'Antoni talking about uh, you know what the thinking was behind you know just basically saying forget it we're not going to play with a center and then to have them go out and and and, and play as well as they did I I thought it was awfully impressive I'm I'm kind of with you as far as the 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 playoffs go it's going to be a much different animal in a series and you're not going to maybe be able to shoot that well. Uh, throughout the course uh, of a series, any any final thought? Any team maybe that that stands out that we didn't mention that you think uh, has done themselves uh, a, a nice job here at the at the deadline that that bodes well for the future? No, Joe, I I think you did a heck of a job covering everybody, and you know everybody right now has a two horse race in, in the West. Uh, you know, with the LA teams, and you know you've got to respect what Utah and Denver have done, and. You know, then you've got Houston. And, uh, so those are your key teams there. And back east, uh, you know, Milwaukee, everyone's saying, oh, we can beat them, we can beat them. In the meantime, they're going to win 70 games. They're very unselfish. Uh, I really like the depth on the team, and, and Middleton's been a, a great partner for Adekunpo. Uh, what what Toronto's done, uh, Siakam and Van Fleet, they've really done a great job up there with player development. Uh, I'm really impressed. Lowry's had a good year. Uh, It's impressive what what they've done up there. Boston is is playing a little bit like Houston. Uh, They're small. They've got four terrific guys uh, in the mid-size range. And then they're playing a relatively small at center. Again, how can they hold up in the playoffs? Philly's probably been the biggest disappointment. I don't know if they're going to get the thing like their act going. And quietly, uh, Indiana, uh, with Oladipo coming back and Sabonis having a great year and that Brogdon's healthy, uh, you don't want to play them in the first round. So uh, uh, it's getting to be that fun time of the year. Saint, great stuff. We really, uh, really appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll do this again here next week. And uh, you know, good good to get your thoughts on the deadline and and the Warriors and. And wow, it was a much more active deadline than I think uh, the two of us would have believed possible. I, I really thought they were going uh, to wait to make that move with Russell as much as I, I thought they would ultimately make a move with Russell. No, you're right. But the key is uh, you put down those potential deals and you talk about, uh, you know, then you maneuver with the draft picks. But they, they already did extensive evaluations, uh, uh, say, on town. And uh, then they... They go to work and negotiate the picks, and if the, if things can come together, uh, you gotta you gotta go because sometimes your best deal 
your first deal is your best deal. Uh, you may be hanging around thinking you're going to get something better within what reality tells you that that first one was the best one. I think they did a terrific job. Thanks a lot, Saint. That's going to do it for our Warriors Weekly Podcast for this week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.